In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, a show where we deconstruct the tools and ethos of world-class performance to create growth and optimize business. I'm Noel Allnut, the CEO of Securo, and today I'll be talking to Mark Coyne, a former Australian rugby league footballer and insurance executive. Mark has had to be resilient on and off the field, and in this conversation, he provides practical insights into how to ride the ups and the downs of your career in life. Building Resilience Podcast. Mark Coyne, welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. Thanks, Noel. Good, good to be on. It's great to uh, great to have you on the show today. Um, I'm excited to hear more about your background and how you've gone from um, from uh, rugby league into business, following those paths of like sport into business is something that I'm fascinated by, and it's one of the reasons why we set up this podcast to to, to interview sports people who've got a, who've got that lens on business. Could we start at the start? What was a, a young Mark Coyne like in the kind of the traits that got you into uh, playing high-performance sports? Yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest of four. I grew up in a suburb in Brisbane and um, had two older brothers. And I suppose, you know, they we played a lot of backyard football, which I suppose sort of got me interested in in sport and, and rugby league. And my two older brothers played down at a, at a club called the Sunnybank Magpies. And um I went down there and, and followed in their footsteps and had had a lot of years, I suppose, playing playing rugby league and having a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I suppose you know, doing that, you fall in love with the game. Uh, and you know, I've always sort of played. I had a bit of a stint in rugby union for a couple of years, but I kept breaking my shoulders, so I thought that wasn't going to work for me anymore. <laughs> so I went back to league. And and um, I suppose the other thing, you know, as I as I was growing up, my my dad was a school teacher. He was very big on education, so he was very. He wanted us all to be sort of uh, university qualified, so all of us went through uh, university uh, and you know made sure that we we you know worked hard at school and and then at university and all of us have come out. The four of us have all got degrees, including my older brother, who was the youngest neurosurgeon uh, in Australia at one point. He's not that young anymore, um, oh. old, but but yeah, he he you know really set this, <laughs> really set the bar really hard for the rest of us rest of our siblings but uh but yeah we've all walked out with with, with different degrees and and uh that's why i sort of ended up with with a with probably a, a rare thing at the time with a, with a rugby league play you've had, you've had a degree in business so there's a culture of high performance that uh, that stemmed from the family um what was it like uh, when you first uh, first getting into the to the top teams within rugby league what is what was that feeling like yeah it was pretty good it was sort of a funny journey for me because um i I sort of came to Sydney when St George picked me up, and and uh, when I came to Sydney, 
I was sort of playing in the under-21s and I was sort of living down down in Sydney on my own without my family. So the first year was a really, really hard year. And at one point I even thought about going home because I was I was really homesick with with uh, moving to Sydney's a bit of a different different beast to uh, to, to Brisbane uh, in terms yeah. of the speed of life, uh, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I suppose I just made the, made the call to stick it out for the year and, and then the next year, my second year at St. George, I got the opportunity to, to play first grade and, and I did all right. And then, you know, obviously I just, I had, had some, you know, good coaches and some good teammates and I kept improving. And I suppose at the end of it, I sort of look back and really still can't believe I had 12 years at an at a NRL club and got to play for my state and, and got to play for my country. So uh, I still feel a bit surreal about it all, but, um, but yeah, it was just, it was just, you know, like most things in life, I think, Noel, it, it's a matter of working hard and, and having a bit of luck and, and a bit of timing right. And you played with some fairly formidable players uh, for the Maroons. Um, can you talk me through uh, what it was like to play with some of those guys, and what were the what were the, some of the character traits you took from the people around you? Yeah, I think the the big thing that I sort of uh, learned a lot, uh, and it's been a real sort of basis of a lot of things that I, that that I do now now in business, is just the fundamental stuff. And I remember when I went into State of Origin camp, and I just watched guys like Mal Meninga and. Alan Langer and Kevin Bowers, and I just did a lot of repetitive drills around, like even just practicing catching and passing. And yep. uh, at St. George at the time, we didn't do a lot of that sort of fundamental basic work. It was just, you know, probably a bit more complex. And we weren't all, all you know, in my first few years there, we weren't all that successful. And, um, and I suppose I just learned that, you know, doing the basic stuff is really important. And just in that Queensland origin camp and seeing the guys like Mel Meninga, you know, constantly practicing, you know, catching and passing, it was just a really – good lesson and um, and eventually St. George got Brian Smith came in and he was a bit of a believer around all those basic skills and once we started doing that as a team and as individuals we you know the team improved out of sight and we ended up becoming a you know a, a club that that was you know contesting you know finals every year for, for a long period of time. What would it be the the key trait that you'd say that helped you um, transition from the highest level of rugby league into business? Well, uh, I was pretty fortunate, uh, Noel, in that I when, when I was playing, you know, in professional rugby league, we didn't get paid enough money, so you sort of had to work at the same time. So I, I pretty much my twelve year career at St George, I worked for nine out of those twelve years. So I moved to Sydney with my business degree, and pretty much I got a job straight away at a, at a credit union in the city, and I pretty much worked full time at that credit union for nine out of the twelve years. Uh, my last three years playing rugby league, it got too hard to do that because rugby league became a lot more professional and basically I, I couldn't hold down the full-time job. So I had to had to leave that and just do the full-time stuff for a few years. But so sort of when I, when I finished uh, my rugby league career, you know, I had nine years of working experience plus I had a business degree behind me. So, so I was probably one of the lucky ones, I think, at that time that, I, that I'd sort of done, done the degree and, and I had that, that work experience. So, you know, transitioning back into into a job after football um it was still tough i've got to say it's just still really hard because you know it's it's a it's you know your, your footy career is over and that's a big part of your life uh, you know gone but um but I, I was sort of lucky you know in that regard that i had the degree and i had the work experience how would you compare your toughest day on a rugby league pitch maybe a few points down at half time bit of a, a rainy a rainy friday night versus uh, versus your toughest day as a as a leader in an asx listed organization uh, um it, it's that's a really good question not to think about how to how to answer that one it, it is different because 
you know, a, t- a tough game um, you know, when you're playing, you, you really don't have a lot of time to think through the solutions. You've probably got to act, act more on instincts uh, around that. Uh, and obviously you're relying on, on on your teammates to also be ready to, to act on instincts, you know, when you're looking to win a game in, in, in you know, in the final minutes uh, or if you're behind by a lot. So business is a little bit different, I think. I mean, obviously you do have urgent, urgent things that you have to work to work on and might have to make quick decisions. But I think generally in business you have a little bit more time to think a bit more deeply around what you need to do to, to get out of a, a, you know, a situation that you want to get out of or you need to improve. Uh, but I think that the, sort of the fundamentals are still probably the same because you got to, you know, even though you're doing it really quickly in rugby league or in sport, you've got to make decisions really quickly. Um, you still go through that thought process around what are my options to do, who do I need to jump in to help, um, and what's the outcome that we need to get to. And business is a lot the same, but probably in business you get a little bit more time to, to think through it. Um- What's the kind of tools that you've used to uh, to combat setbacks where you've had to uh, to really kind of come to the fore with that kind of resilience? Have you got any kind of tools or habits that you that, that, that get you through the tough times? Yeah, I, I definitely have. I think, uh, you know, it's all, all based on your own experience, I think, Noel, and, and um, you know, my experiences in, in, in life that I've had, and particularly, you know, when I, when I was, you know, applying my trade of rugby league, I had lots of times where you know I had I had down periods and and uh, you know I got I got dropped from St George uh, from the first grade team in my last year uh, you know I got dropped from the Queensland team at one point uh, you know during my during my Origins experience and I think the one thing that I, that I always fell back to is I just need to work harder so whenever I've had sort of something go wrong in my life whether it was in the sport or business I just feel like I, that the best thing for me is to just go and work harder and. And try and work work a bit smarter. So, so to me, that was sort of my answer to getting over getting over you know any hurdles that I've had was just to go back and try and work harder and smarter and 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 you know overcome it that way. Yeah, it's a common theme that we hear from many of the the guests on the show that uh, hard work will uh, will beat skill any day of the week and being consistent around that. And time and time again, it's it's proven whether it's on the sports field or in the in the business world. Um, on the other side of hard work, some some really cool things happen. And without kind of having to go through those barriers, you often don't see what the real kind of fruits of that hard labour might be. We're going into an interesting time now within the global economy, um, and there's so much unpredictability. Is there anything that you're looking at specifically um, in order to uh, to build a resilient culture with, with inside your organisation as we kind of go through some potential uh, rocky seas? Oh yeah, no, d- d- definitely. We we uh, you know, like most organisations, like you know, it's it's a real challenge now. You know, uh, attracting and keeping re- retaining staff. You know, where our business is no different to, I suppose, you know, all, all the other businesses in Australia that are really struggling with with staff shortages. And uh, you know, what what we've got to try and do is is build a culture, you know, within our organisation that makes people sort of proud to come in to to work every day and. You've got also, you know, underneath that's going to be lying all the benefits as well. You know, things like the salaries and flexible working, um, you know, maternity leave, all those sort of added things that that you need to need to provide. Which I sort of think they're the basic things that you just, you know, people, you know, tick the box on those things, the things that you just have to have. But culture, obviously, is really important. So we work quite hard at, at, at my company uh, around culture. We have a really unique purpose. Our, our purpose because we work in the workplace injury area is to help people get their lives back and we talk a lot to our staff about 
the importance of the role that they play in helping someone recover from a from an injury. And um, and they know that every time that they pick up the phone and, and deal with you know an injured person, they're making they're making a big difference in their life. And, and the difference could be a really a really positive one, or if they don't handle it the right way, it can be a really negative one. So we really try and impress on our people the importance of their job and helping someone get their life back. And um, and that obviously attached with you know the the employee benefits is is I think how how you, how you build a strong business. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so many facets to uh, to kind of building that culture, building a strong business, being a resilient organisation, uh, but also one that holds a significant amount of purpose for your staff and your clients. And I think we're going to see we we'll see that tested uh, in a, in many organisations over the next twelve to eighteen months, and we're starting to see it tested already. I know in the the cyber security space, it's incredibly difficult with the with the with bringing the talent and the skills into the country, and and, and also having to build up from the from the ground up around that. So um, there's a lot of challenges lie ahead, but that means there's a lot of opportunities lie ahead as well. Mark, I'll finish the show with um, one final question. How does Mark Coyne define resilience? Uh, that's, that's a good question too, Noel. Um, I think I think resilience is, you know, for, for me personally, and you know, some of the things that I've had had you know happen in, in, in my life. Um, it's it's just probably trying to put things in perspective, and you know, whilst whilst you know what you're going through always, always. You know, is it you know can feel really bad. There's obviously other other people that are probably going through things that are a lot worse. So I, tr- I try and keep a pretty balanced perspective around. You know, what, what's happened to me hasn't hasn't been great, but you know, is it is it is it going to really make a difference overall in in what's happening in my life? And I sort of try and you know grade grade you know what's happened around around that. And and, and again, I just try and. You know, at some point, you just got to. Well, at some point, you got to move on, I suppose. You know, Noel, and, and um, you know, bad stuff happens in people's lives, but you know, what's important is what you do next. And I've sort of always had that mantra, uh, and I've always, you know, if something bad has happened, then I just try and work out well, what's what's next. What's the next thing I've got to do to, to get myself out, out out of how I'm feeling or the hole that I'm in. And uh, my mind's always worked that way. Like I've always been, well, that, that's not great. So, but what's the next thing I've got to do? So it's just, I think for me, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm having times and I think, you know, the thing is that everyone has, uh, has down times. You can't be someone who's up all the time. It's just not possible. I don't think nowadays. So, so when you have, when I'm having a downtime, I just try and, you know, I talk to different people, um, you know, to get get different bits of advice, but but ultimately, uh, it's just around putting a bit of a plan together to move forward on it, and not 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 dwell. And you know, one, one of the good lessons that I think that I learned, Noel, when I was playing my footy career, was I used to often watch players who got dropped, and uh, and when the players got dropped to you know the next grade below, I'd actually watch them at training and I'd see how they react to that. And a lot of people that got dropped and, and started walking around the training field kicking stones. I always knew that they would never get back into the first grade team, but the ones that went back and uh, and just put it behind them and and trained hard and did all the hard work and, you know, it was enthusiastic and still talked, they're the ones that always came back because, you know, I suppose what I learned from that is that there's no point kicking stones when you're down. It doesn't help anybody. And, and whilst I think you sort of go through a bit of a process in your own head where you feel disappointed, you're starting to pass the blame. Uh, eventually, I think you've got to cycle through to go, well, all that's happened, but what, what happens next is going to be up to me to fix that. Um, so I think I've learned over the years that that 
you know, if something bad does happen, you've got to cycle through that process of, of uh, blame really quickly and get to the point around what do I actually got to be next to get to get better or improve. And uh, I'm pretty good at doing that nowadays. Mark, that's a great answer. So many very important insights there for, for people who are either going through a tough time or um, it may or may be looking for inspiration in order to, to get themselves back on track, whether it's short term or long term. So thanks very much for sharing that. And thanks very much for joining the show today. It's been a pleasure to get to know you more. And uh, thanks for sharing the stories and insights. No problem. It's not my, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks to our guest today, Mark Coyne. I appreciate your time. Thanks to our sponsor, Securo. If you'd like to know more about me or Securo, you can head to securo.io. Securo. Trust tomorrow. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group. Afternoon Sport Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.